0: Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 930 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome today. So good to see you. Thanks for cramming in here uh, to be here. And just want you to know, we meet every week. So just so you know, when it comes to church. And so we just want you to know that. And, and here's the thing. I get, I get Easter, okay? I, I'm a, I'm a, Big fan of Easter. I really am. Uh, but I found this is that a variety of people come at e- Easter. Some of you come every week to church, and that's great. We, we'll give you gold stars for doing that. Uh, but, but some of us go, man, why would I not be here? It's Easter, right? It's, it, this is the day you come to church and you do that. So thank you for being here for that. But some of you, let's just be honest. You don't have to raise your hand or anything like this, but you come sometimes because you're bribed to come here. Or manipulated or coerced. And like, you know, there's going to be brunch afterwards. There's going to be eggs, plastic eggs are going to, you know, I don't know, fall from the sky nowadays. They do that from helicopters, all kinds of things. We don't have brunch and we don't have plastic eggs here today. Uh, we don't have any baskets or bunnies or anything like that. And we don't even have chocolate. Oh. Have you, can I just, have you had, like, have you had those sweet, delicious, milk chocolate Cadbury. Not the big ones, but the little chocolate eggs, the milk chocolate. Whoa, not the malts, not the malts. Get those out of my f- face. But the, the milk chocolate. Oh, this is good. Okay, we're not here for that. <laughs> not here for that. We're here for one event. One event took place, and I was thinking about the events you know you think about the events that you have that you you celebrate in your own life there's there's benchmarkers, but there 's a lot in history and historians will debate on different dates that affected and, and there 's too many of them to count. but I wanted to do a little game here today and to think about one date, one specific date, and how it has affected our life and affected our world, for example, this date right here just tell me if you know this date it 's coming here December. 16th, 1773. Does anybody know what that date means? The Boston Tea Party. The Boston Tea Party happened, and, and, and for historian people to know, it's pretty significant. The American colonies revolted against the British Empire, and so we have, it started the American Revolution that changed everything because we're now in the United States because, because of it. That specific date is why we're here today. Now fast forward a couple hundred years, December 17th, 1903, does anybody want to guess? What's that? Close, very good. Actually, two brothers, Wilbur and Orville, you're going to say Redenbacher, no. (laughs) Right, I thank you for now helping. Uh, Orville, Wilbur Wright, they flew 12, count this, 12 seconds in the air at 120 feet, that changed everything we know about travel, that you don't need the ground. Eh? August 26, 1920. Any guesses? Was that? The female. You were in the last service, though. That's not fair, Bonnie. Um, <laughs> she was up on stage, but she was helping. Thank you. The woman's right to vote. Think about it, 1920. That's how long it took. That's That's awesome. But sadly, how long, you know. That seems like recent history. But that changed everything we know about equality and opportunity. And this one, you know this date. December 7th, 1941. Anybody know it? Pearl Harbor. Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. That day, that specific day, is uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt declared this. A date which will live in infamy. One specific date. And then May 6th. 1954. Does anybody want to guess that date? It's a sports, it's a sports event. No, it wasn't baseball. It was actually track. Roger Bannister was the first person in history to break the four mile, or I'm sorry, the four minute mile, four minute mile. You know what's so interesting? Just after that, months after that, others started breaking the four minute mile. He it really, it spoke of that, just changes everything about the human potential, doesn't it? July 21st, 1969. Man landed, on Man landed on the moon. Neil Armstrong took the first steps on the moon. It changed everything we know of really you can accomplish something beyond this world. And then we already know this date because we say it the date. And that's 9-11, September 11, 2001. But those of us who are alive, those of us who remember it, it was just a, a surreal moment. Everybody said, you need to turn the TV on, you need to turn the TV on. And there was the, on our screens was these, was these uh, airplanes flying into the Twin Towers in New York. And we thought it was one of these disaster movies. You've seen a holiday no, it was reality. It changed everything we knew, doesn't it? It changed everything we know about safety and security in our world. One specific day, think about that, one specific event that changes everything. I'm going to tell you today, we are gathered here today. We're gathered here today for one specific event, one specific event. In fact, if if this event did not occur, we would not be here today. Not only just packed in a little church, Grange Hall on Easter Sunday, but for thousands of years, churches were gathered. Christianity really would not still be here today and survive And the reason is it hinges on this one event. You need to know, you need to think about this, celebrate Easter. It's not because of a belief. It's not because of a doctrine. It's not because of a philosophy. It's because of one specific event. You could call it a game changer. You could call it a tipping point. An event that not only changed our history, but it's changed lives personally. One single event, and that is, of course, the resurrection of Jesus Christ now, two thousand years later, still resurrecting lives, still resurrecting lives, bringing healing to the broken, peace to the restless, and hopeless to the hope, hope to the hopeless. See, the reason we're here today, and this is this is it. You need to know this. The reason is cousin event, the resurrection, has and was in a historical event that changed everything. It changed everything. In fact, some have even put a date on when that took place. This last week and preparing for today, I I did a little research and and I came across this interesting article and it talked about how some people have tried to predict the exact date of the resurrection. And it wasn't theologians that were writing this, it was seismologists. And they, they pinpointed that it was a sizable earthquake that took place in Jerusalem around April 3rd, 33 AD. Isn't that amazing? Scripture records and it, it, it lines up with the, with the crucifixion. In Matthew's gospel, it says when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of, of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the Bible says this, that the earth shook and the rocks split and the tomb broke open. Now, some of us have been, I know some people in the room, we've been to Israel and I remember going to Israel and going into what's called Golgotha. You go up these stairs to, to where the, the place of the cross was. But after you, you do that, you go down and you walk under in this little tunnel and you go through. And this is right below where the cross is to believed to be. And there's a crack down the limestone. They predicted that to be the crack when the earth shook and there was an earthquake when Jesus died. I tell you, in that moment, my faith became a reality. Like, wow, that really is historic. How crazy would it be to know the very day that Jesus died? And then you fast forward on the third day. So April 5th, 33 AD. Now you're thinking, how can we know the exact date? No, we can't. We can't. We don't want to put a whole lot of weight into that. But you need to know this and be reminded of this. And history tells us this. It actually did take place. So within that time period, or whether whether specific day day it happened, you need to know it did take place. It did happen. It was an actual day that changed everything. This morning, as we look here into this actual event, this historical event, we 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 tell the resurrection story, and as we tell the story, you, you know you've heard stories before and stories in Bible, but you need to understand it's not just a story. It's a it actually took place. This is the account that we're reading. Because I, I look at it and I'm thinking, you know, if you look at the story of the resurrection, it's a little bit written a little bit different than other folklore and, and, and other writings and literature. Because what's so interesting about the resurrection account is there's no heroes. There's no people that are heroes in the story. I mean, if you're going to write a really good story, you got to have someone be the hero in it, right? Someone to be the villain and someone be the hero and there's no heroes. In fact, what you read in the account that we're going to look at here today is, is fragile human beings. They're, fear, they're filled with doubt. They're filled with fear. They're filled with failure. There's no person that gets the credit for it all. Nope. No human being gets credit for it all. And I think that's what makes this so remarkable and so compelling, honestly. And when we read this account, it is a historical event. It changed everything in our history. But know this, the resurrection, you need to know, was an unexpected event that changed everything. It was an unexpected event that changed everything. And it's interesting that nobody, you read in the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, nobody predicted it. <laughs> nobody, nobody expected, nobody was waiting for it to happen. There's no hint of that anywhere in the Gospels. In fact, when Jesus died, his closest followers that walk with him for three plus years, when they were with him, you know what they did? You know what they ended up doing? They went home. That was it. When they saw their leader, when they saw this wonderful person that they followed and the person that just did incredible miracles and all that Jesus was, it was pretty incredible but when they when he died on the cross, as he said, it is finished, that was it, done deal, game over that was gone, their hopes, their dreams, their desires, and things it died as Jesus died that Friday that we call now good. Friday. It wasn't good. We know the end of the story. It wasn't good that good first Good Friday for them. See, no one expected anything else. You don't read in the account that we're going to look at that they're waiting by the tomb. It's not like the the early followers. You don't read like Mark and Matthew and John and all these guys, Mary and Mark. They're all waiting, anticipating. They didn't have no prayer gathering or, or, you know, vigil and lighting candles and singing and waiting for Jesus to rise from the dead. You don't read the early, you know, Sunday morning where there's there this, you know, moment, you know, cue the music when the sun goes up and, and they're all gathered and waiting by the tomb and, and, and you know, the, 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 as we sang, the earth began to shake and quake and, and, the, and the tomb, you know, bursts open and the soldiers run away. They, they probably did when that probably happened. But there's none of the followers waiting, counting 10, 9, 8, 3, 2, 1. Jesus, we knew you'd do it we knew it. I knew it. Dude, you doubted. I knew. I knew that it happened. No, not at all. This is what actually took place. This is this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, as the, and really as the sun came up, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Now you're thinking, spices? What is that all about? Well, spices and perfumes and things were embalming. They're, they're, they, they were preparing Jesus' body. Why? Because they assumed that he's dead and he's still dead. Now, they needed to do that. Now, it's interesting, in the chapter 4 in Luke, it says that Joseph, that we saying about today, that Joseph's tomb, Joseph and some of his friends, Joseph was kind of like a secret follower of Christ at the time. and, 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 and But he felt had great respect for Jesus and who he was as leader and teacher and rabbi. And so he just knew that he could not have a, 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 a criminal's burial because what would happen is if you don't know that if Joseph didn't rescue Jesus' body and put him in the tomb, Jesus' body, I know this is gross, would just, would just decay on the cross. In fact, that's how soldiers uh, our soldiers would just line up those that were criminals and they'd leave the dead bodies just hanging on the cross. Isn't that gruesome? They'd line up the streets. Imagine like Birch Bay Linden Road, you're driving to Bob's for brunch and you just see dead people along the road. Okay, not really family friendly, okay? But that's what the Romans did because they wanted to make a point. Don't mess with Rome. And so, so Jesus would just hung there and decayed his body on the cross. And because of the dignity and who he was, Joseph takes his body, but he had to wrap it really, really quickly because it was preparation day. It was Sabbath was coming. That was the holy day. And you don't mess with dead bodies on the holy day. And so they had to quickly do this. And as guys do, they're not really you know, they take you know, this guy, my wife that gets on me because I'm not, I'm not really good at folding things. I'm wa- I'm a water guys. Are you with me? Like I don't fold sheets very well. So guys probably took care of Jesus' body and the ladies came along. It's kind of funny, but that's what were that job is to come along and go, we're going to give Jesus a proper burial here. But the reason they did that was this, because he was dead. That was assumed that he was dead. They gave them a proper burial. and then, so however, it says this: they found the tomb rolled away from, found the, the stone rolled away from the tomb, and when they entered it, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because you expect a dead body to be still there. When they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes they gleaming like lightning stood be, beside them in the, their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men Said to them, and I think this is an amazing question: why do you look for the living among the dead? Why did they look for the women living among the dead? Because they assume again Jesus was dead. They 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 saw him die, they came to prepare the body, they assumed dead meant dead. But it says this because the angel knew what they're thinking needed Tom. it says this, he, they said this, he is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered of the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day, be raised again. And really what he's saying is the angels reminding them that of what Jesus said he would do. And you think, well, there it is. You know, they, they should have remembered. But you know what's interesting when you read in the Gospels, how Jesus would actually, he'd do great things and perform great things. And, and the disciples were like, all right, we're going like, to kick Roman in rear. And we're going to take on Jesus. You're the Messiah, the conquering king. And then what Jesus would do, he'd start talking about like, my kingdom is not of this world. I am I'm, I'm preparing a place to, for you to go. I have to leave first. I have to die. And I will rise from the dead. And it's almost like when when you read after how he talks about this, it's almost like the, the disciples are like, we don't want to hear that. They're dismissive about it. And they would, they would they said, Jesus, no, 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 don't talk that way. It's like, la, 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 la. We don't want to hear you. We want to hear you. I think a lot of it was that. They just didn't want to hear all this. And then it actually happened. And they just, they were clueless as you, you read this. They, they didn't want to hear any of it. But it's interesting. In the next verse, it says, then they, these ladies, remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. And, and those ladies that initially saw the angels were this, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to disciples. So now here's the point where if you were writing the story, this is where you bring the heroes in. This is where you go and like, okay, they're going to tell the guys what happened and you expect the guys to go, huh, I told you so. I knew it. Of course he did. Right? These are the heroes of faith. These are the, these are the men that, you know, pe- parents name their kids after Matthew and Mark and John and, and these, these heroes of faith that, that built the, the, the New Testament church. This is, this is their response. These heroes, we call them, but they did not believe the women. Because they were seen to them like nonsense. Why? Because they didn't expect a resurrection. They saw him die the most brutal way in history. And the response here is not a great men of faith. Not in the men you expect to take the message of Jesus to the world. It says this, that Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what happened. Peter, you don't got a clue, dude. He didn't get it. He didn't understand it of all people, right? Peter. No, he denied Jesus, didn't he? He was, he was hiding. He was a scaredy cat. He was so fearful because he thought, as other disciples thought, is they're gonna kill him. Man, they could come after us too. We were a part of them. So these guys are hiding, but it wasn't clicking for him until there came a day. And until there came, there came a moment And not expecting that Jesus would rise from the dead, there came a moment. And do you ever wonder what Peter was wondering that day? Do you think there was a turning point for Peter that he's going, is it really true? Is it really true what the lady said and the angel said and all that was said? Is it really true? And what Jesus said he would do, he would do. Could it really be true? Could it really be true? If it really true that Jesus truly said he did, gonna do what he said he's gonna do, if it truly was the case, guess what? this changes everything. Everything. Everything he said about himself is true. Everything he said about God is true. And you can see here, almost have Peter go, everything Jesus said about me, everything he said about, I'm going to be like, you know, he's going to build his church upon me, and it's going to do great things through me. is true. Everything, everything about him dying for sins of mankind is true. Even when he gathered with those, 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 those sisters and their brother Lazarus that died and they, and Jesus tries to comfort them and say, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. And then Jesus goes and rises from the dead that he truly is the resurrection. If that is true, this changes everything. This changes as he's the unique son of God, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is true. This would be the single event that changed everything. The risen Christ and the risen Christ historically and unexpectedly, as much as it was predicted by Jesus himself, rose from the dead. And you can read through the, the gospel encounters after the resurrection that Mary and some of the ladies, they saw him first and they reported back to the disciples. And then all of a sudden they're talking about the fact that Jesus came back and then Jesus appeared at that point. He didn't need doors. He just kind of walked through walls and there he was. And, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And then, you know, along the way, the latecomer the guy named Thomas comes along and he goes, what's all the, huh? you know, what are you guys all you know excited about? Well, Jesus is alive again. Like, he's like, Baloney. That's not true. How could that really happen? No. we saw him. Oh, you're hallucinating things. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears to Thomas. And and, and, and and Thomas is like, okay, if that's you really you, Jesus, I want to be able to touch your, your wrists where those nails were, and that and your, your your ankles where those nails went. I want to touch them. And so Thomas got to actually put his fingers through those holes. And when he did that, he goes, my Lord and my God. And he believed. Not just believed. The reason he he not just believed, he saw, he felt, he knew it was indeed Jesus. Well, this went on for 40 days. 40 days. And the Bible says in in those other historical records about Jesus appearing again is this, is that it was... 500 people saw him. 500 people saw him alive. And then toward the end of those 40 days, Jesus says to the disciples, he says, hey, gather, we need to gather together because and, and, I'm going to, to leave. And they watched Jesus ascend to heaven before he did. He says, but you, 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 I know you don't want me to go, but I need to go because I'm with you now, but I'm sending someone better, <laughs> meaning someone more effective even in your life right now. Someone not just to be with you, but to actually be in you. And so he told them to go and to pray and to go gather together. And they waited 10 days and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now that same spirit ascended and uh, descended upon the believers and filled them. And so Jesus, the, the, the spirit of Christ is now in them. I tell you, that, that was game changer. It changed everything. It changed Peter and who he was and all the disciples. And, and all spilled out in the streets and all this chaos was going on the day of Pentecost. And so the Bible picks up in Luke's sequel called the book of Acts in chapter two. Here, the Peter, the denier, the doubter, the deserter of Jesus has been changed by him. So you got to know this is the resurrection. It was this catalytic event that changed everything. It was and this is what happened. Luke writes this that Peter got up, boldly preaches to the crowd explaining all that happened. It says this fellow Israelites, listen to this. Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. He was saying something they already know. He was saying something that we, we heard him do that and say that, and you know that's the crowd of people. It, it, this didn't happen years and years later. This happened just days later. The, some of the people in the same crowd saw Jesus do these things. They were there. In fact, if you could believe and you think about it, it doesn't say, but some of those Some of those people maybe were touched by Jesus or healed by Jesus. But Peter goes on and, 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 and he, yeah, he was a great teacher and miracle worker, but you understand more, he says to him this, this man, this man was handed over to you by God's by god 's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men like you and the wicked men, work together to put him to death by kneeling him to the cross, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death and I love this next part, I love this because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Peter goes on and he says this at the end of the message, his message he says God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. Boom, drop the mic at that moment. And the reason it was such a heavy-weighted moment was this. Peter, he risked not only his reputation, but he was risking his life. Because what Peter was saying is this same Jesus this same Jesus, all that he did in the miracles and taught and, and all that he did. And, the, and, the, and the, he died. Yes, he died. And he was a great leader and died. But guess what? He rose from the dead, meaning he indeed is the Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah, saying God himself. And that was blasphemy. Peter, run the risk of himself as well being crucified, maybe even being stoned to death. Because that was not what you did. And the reason you read this, and go, well, they could have did that. Well, we crucified that guy. We're going to crucify that dude right there. And they didn't, he didn't do that. Why? Because the people in the audience, the people that were gathered knew he was right. Why? Because they saw with their own eyes. And Peter, through the help of the Holy Spirit, put the pieces together for him. This happened, this happened, this happened. Hey, folks, you could go look at the tomb yourself. And some of them did. They saw the empty tomb. Not only did they see the empty tomb, they saw, as the other disciples, saw him alive. They probably talked with him and, and touched him. On the 40 days, Jesus got around during that time. He got a, he, he, people interacted with him. And if they didn't interact with him directly, they talked to somebody that was an eyewitness of him. All this was going on. This didn't happen weeks later. This happened just within a few days later. Because listen to the response of the people. Not to string them up on the opposite. It says, when the people heard this, they are cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? See, what they're saying is, we were wrong about Jesus. We were wrong about how what he did and all that. In fact, he did what he said he would do. And how do we make it right? How do we make this right, Peter? And here's his reply, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent. It means this. It means to change your mind about Jesus. That's what he was telling them. You believe this about Jesus, but you need to know and put all the pieces together. And they're like, that's right. That's what we believe about Jesus. You are right, Peter. Saying I was wrong about my thoughts and my preconceptions of who Jesus really is. I want to give my life over To him and declare him to be the Lord and Savior, Messiah of my life. You know what? 3,000 people did it that day. Listen, this is so important. Not because they believed, not because it was some philosophy or some doctrine to follow. No, it was because a specific event that took place on a specific day, that day that changed everything. Now we're here, and you know what? You go, well, that was 2,000 years ago. How can we really know? How can we really trust and you know, all that? Well, I'll tell you what, I I encourage you and the great smart people that were doubters and skeptics and atheists would do the same thing. And I tell you what, at the end of the day, the case for Christ is pretty strong. The, the resurrection story is not just a, fo- it's not a folklore story. It is a real account that truly took place. And so I, I really encourage you, if you're to you have some doubts, lean into those doubts by studying and finding out, and you'll discover something so amazing. It's true. You're going to suffer. It's a historical account, account and what took place was so amazing. But you need to know this. It was a catalytic event, because the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus, you know what the evidence is? Right here. This is the evidence. Not just the evidence on this day, 2018, but for the last 2018 years is the evidence. You see, Christianity would never have a chance without the resurrection past the first century. And even if, even if people made up a story and said that this took place, it would never make it. You know why? Because no one dies for a hoax. Maybe the maybe, now maybe, maybe the first group of people would. Maybe the first group of people say, well, we're so loyal to Jesus. And, and we he said he would do it. Maybe he didn't, but you know what? We're gonna really believe that it happened. There could be a group of people do it, but it would never make the to their kids. Mom and dad, why do you believe it? It's not even true. It's not even true. Why would it all the because all the persecution. All that would happen to you, Paul and all the disciples and all, all the early church, they would never endure what they do. Not because they, they, it was about believing something, because they were eyewitnesses of it. Now, we weren't there, but guess what? We have record of it. And the eyewitnesses tell us it truly, truly took place. People now, over the course of 2,000 years, martyred for their faith, believing not in some belief, but believing and trusting in an event that took place. Listen, Jesus literally, physically, visibly, truly rose from the dead and the world has never been the same and nor are we. So here today, I can tell you it's a historical event. It's a wonderful thing. In fact, you could kind of say, hey, Dan, thanks for the, you know, wow, thanks for the history lesson. That's great. Let's, Let's go to brunch. Let's find plastic eggs. Let's just have a good day. Well, if that's the case, if you just think it's a historical, you know, information, I have failed as a communicator. I've, it'd be tragic for the very motive of why we were even here in the first place. See, the resurrection of Jesus is not just a historical. It's not just an unexpected and, an, and a catalytic event that took place. What's amazing is this, it's this, is that the resurrection event, the resurrection event is a continual personal experience that changes everything. What makes the resurrection so powerful is that it's a continual personal experience. That means it's ongoing every day to live a resurrected life. And that is what it's all about. Yes, it happened. Yes, it's historical. Yes, it changed the world. But does, does, does the resurrection change you? I mentioned Paul. Paul was one of the early Christian killers until... He met the risen Lord on a day, on a one particular day that changed his life forever. Becomes the greatest missionary in the first century. Writes a majority of the New Testament. These letters. These letters were written to like people that were facing intense persecution for following Jesus. And Paul himself writes a majority of these letters from all places, prison. And he writes from a Roman prison to the book to the people of, of Rome, these words that make it personal of the resurrection. It says this, he writes this, if the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in who? You, he will ra- be raised Christ from the dead, will also give you life in your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. You, us, it's so powerful to know. Yes, the resurrection it changed history. But does the resurrection change you? See, all that we to talk about. Yes, it makes the, the the Easter story so true. The event. The question for you today is this: Our Easter as we close in 2018. Another one in the books is this: How has the resurrection changed you? How has it changed you. I invite our team to come as we close today. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? See, what I think to help you, what it means is this, is Jesus, as he indeed came back to life and that his spirit now, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now has the potential to live in you. But it doesn't happen automatic. It's actually an invitation. It's actually an invitation to invite Christ, his spirit to come, the living Christ, the resurrected Christ, that same spirit to come and live in you by the Holy Spirit. What this means is it starts with us accepting the reality that all that Jesus said about who he is, what he said is true. What he said he would do, he did. That the cross, as we sang this morning, was the final word on our sin. That the resurrection was the final word on death. That hope, Hope still exists. All the struggle and all the pain, all, think about this, was all and is all for divine purpose. That your life and my life at the end of this life, when our heart stops beating and we stop taking a breath, is not the end of our life. It's just the beginning. To live life forever. More than anything is this. It's the risen Lord that desires to be alive in you and me, the same Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead the live in you, who wants a le- living, breathing relationship with you. That is why He did all of it in the first place. And I tell you, when you come to that place, I, it, it changes everything. It changes everything, doesn't it? For you this morning, you might be here and, 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 how, and you're going, how do I respond to that? How do I respond today? If you're here today and you say, you know, I, I, I hear all this. I'm starting to understand all this, but I feel like I'm like those people that are gathered that day after the resurrection and, they're, they're, and you're feeling a little cut to the heart about this. Like those, those, er, those early people were like, after they heard this and understand it and all the evidence and everything is there, what do I do? What shall we do, brothers? What should, I, what should we do? What did Peter say? Repent. What does repent mean? You've heard that word before. It means changing what you think about Jesus. He's not just a great man. He's just a great teacher, but he truly is the risen Lord that wants to live in you. i tell you, that's where change begins. I invite you to bow your heads as we close in this prayer. We got a full room here today, but when we close our eyes, it becomes a private moment you can have with God. A private moment here. And I know we're hungry and we want to get moving and we got things to do, but if you could, could you just focus in for a, a moment? Could we even consider this a holy moment together? A moment where you would maybe respond. Your heart would respond, what you're hearing, that you would feel your bit cut by it. Meaning, like there's something that's poking at your heart. You're feeling it today. You know what that is? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit wanting in that wants to change you from the inside out. I want to invite you to pray with me here in a moment and to help you with this, to help you understand, I want to make it super basic. You can say it's almost the ABCs. And really it starts with this. If you're here today and you would like to invite Christ to come and change you from the inside out, be the Lord and leader of your life. It starts with this. It's admitting. The A is admitting that you're wrong and that Jesus is right. It's it's saying, oh Lord, I'm wrong about my whole life. I know what's right is you. And then with that, it's then believing that Jesus died for your sins and rose again. Believing that with your heart. And then the Bible says this about confessing with your mouth to be the Lord and leader of your life. If you're you're here and you're, as heads bowed and eyes closed today, we, we're taking this moment as a response today to say, I need Jesus. I need the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to come and change me in front of the inside out. I want him, I've not invited him to be my Lord and Savior. I want to do that right now here on Easter 2018. If that's you, could you slip your hand up? I want to pray for you today. Yes, I'll see you back there. Yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? Right back there, thank you. Yep, back there, I see you. Thank you. Anybody else want to pray for you today? That's awesome. Thanks for putting your hands up. Quite a few of you here today. That's wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let me just lead us in a prayer. And then I want to pray for everyone here. If you're, you raise your hand today, if you would just pray, Jesus, I invite you. I invite you into my life today your spirit to come and change me from the inside out. I admit that I was wrong and you're right, Lord. I believe you died for my sins, that you rose again, Lord. I, I confess you today to be my Lord, to be my leader of my life today. I receive you today. In Jesus name, In Jesus name. Let me just pray for all of us here today. God, thank you for this great day. Lord, man. I don't feel like it's just another Easter. I think this is an incredibly special day, especially for those that have raised their hand. This is their resurrection day today, God. We're grateful for that, Lord. Lord, will you bless those that responded today? Thank you for their courage. Thank you for their, their, their wanting to just really come and truly know you today. May that little prayer stick in their life, meaning this is they want to live it out. Lord, will you give them the strength and the heart and the energy to do that today? And Lord, what's so amazing is your spirit's now in them. They invited you in them by your spirit to change them from the inside out. That same spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in them. And for many of us here that we've made that commitment already, Lord, will you help us this week to live a resurrected life? Lord, for some of us here, it feels like there's been death. Some of us this last year have experienced a loved one that's been gone and lost. There's been death. Some of us experienced other kinds of deaths. Lord, of, of a job, of a, of a career, of, of health issues, of, of loss in some way, Lord. Some of us experience incredible amount of pain and feel like we're in a waiting period. It's been longer than three days. It's been many days, many years, Lord. God, may we trust that, Lord, what you said you did, you did, you did and what you will do, you will do one day because of it. And there will be a fulfillment in our life, and all of it does have divine purpose. But in the meantime, Lord, thank you that your spirit's in us to guide and direct our life, and that the resurrected life is something that we tap into every single day to fill us with that life, Lord, the life that rose you from the, raised you from the dead, that when now we can live out and live through and encourage others to do the same in a world that desperately, desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus. We pray that you would use our lives this way. God, I pray for North Bay. Lord, I pray as a community, God, that we can truly reach out to a community this spring, Lord, your resurrected life would just move and sweep through person by person that we come in contact with to proclaim your great news to them and their, your love for them. We pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.